When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. I'm BJ. <laughs> Why do you sound so sad? <laughs> I wanted to see how you would respond. <laughs> you sounded like Eeyore or something. I'm <laughs> BJ. I'm BJ. Uh, <laughs> so, so weird, man. You sound so sad. Um, <laughs> I'm giving you a hug through the internet, I guess. Right um, so, anyway, today's episode is a special episode request for our newest Patreon patron, Todd Sullivan. Uh, he asked for us to do an episode over tips and tricks uh, from the game. And so since we've been playing and both of us beat uh, Dragon Quest XI-S, we tried to stick just to tips and tricks within Dragon Quest XI-S uh, because otherwise it would be like a 14-hour episode. Uh, but and because of how the games tend to be similar, some of these may work for other ones, uh, but not quite exactly uh, through them. So, I mean, like metal slime farming, things like that are uh, are obviously going to work similarly, but differently in uh, and me- mini metals and stuff like that. Right. And so before we get into that, really, though, I wanted to just mention two disclaimers on our part. So number <laughs> Number one um, is that, you know, we're talking about tips and tricks that worked for me, for BJ. Um, So we're not necessarily saying this is the best like route to take when you're doing it. It's just what worked for us. Uh, So uh, and if it wasn't our our idea initially, like if it's something we heard from someone online or saw in a video read from a fact, uh, we tried to give credit where credit is due. Uh, But again, we're not necessarily saying that's the best way. It's just what worked for us. the other one I wanted to mention is that there's going to be some spoilers. Uh, it's just being vague about this kind of stuff would just make it confusing, really. Um, we're yeah, sh- it's there's no way to mention uh, things about the uh, the end game with tips and tricks without being as specific as possible. So if you haven't beaten 11S um, or at least gotten through it or don't want to know about some of the stuff that comes up, I mean, we're not really going to be talking story spoilers so much, I don't think. Right, but yeah. more just like the stuff in the game that exists, I guess. Yeah, so I don't think... We really have, just looking kind of at our notes, I don't think we have a ton of really story spoilers until just the very, very end of this episode. Uh, most of it's kind of like gameplay mechanics, mini games, things like that. But uh, but yeah, you know, if you don't want... there, It's still, you know, if you think about it hard enough, it's probably going to spoil some things for you. So uh, if you want to be rather safe than sorry, you know, just be forewarned. There are going to be some spoilers ahead. Right. Um, so... Getting straight into it, the first one I kind of wanted to talk about uh, was just doing side quests. Side quests, it's a huge part of Dragon Quest XI. In the original game, there were like 75, I believe. Uh, 11S has the original ones plus uh, all the Tickington side quests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, 
my advice really is just, uh, especially pertaining to the post game after the first line of credits, you know, pick up all the quests you can. I know we've mentioned this in the, another episode that they show up as purple dots on your map. Uh, yep. So, you know, you can go and talk to those people. Just pick it up because the the cool thing about the game is if you if you look at the quest catalog, even if it doesn't tell you what the quest is, it'll say like a man in Lanolulu wants to talk to you. And so right. so, you know, to go to Lanolulu. And so. So I really recommend just going around, taking the time to zoom to all the different places, pick up the quest and then go play because it can save you a lot of backtracking and especially in the post game one of my annoyances is you have to go back to the royal library several times that's the dungeon that's in the snarfelt you yep. remember that one and yeah it's the one with all the uh, it has some of the coolest monsters it's actually one of my favorite dungeons in the game in terms of the way it looks and the monsters that are there so i don't mind going back to it but it's really out of the way yeah it's see to me it's annoying it's out of the way you have to go there you have to touch all these orbs every time to go up and climb up the stairs most of the side quests involve finding correct books so you have to yeah. you have to scan all the bookcases and you're in a library and so it just like i don't know to me there's post-game quests like when you're looking for uh Dresden's rules you have to go there and find a book there's uh some stuff where it's three i think it's three books from written by morkent erdwin's old sorcerer yeah. pal and uh, anyway, there's just several quests where you have to go there and try to find books. And so to me, it's just like, you know, one of the best tips I could give is just pick up those quests and like do it. If if only to spare yourself from being in the Royal Library a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny. This is a tangent, but uh, Jennifer's first RPG that she ever played was Kingdom Hearts. And at the end of the game, when you get into, I think it's Hollow Bastion, you have to actually do the same thing of find specific books on the shelves and read them in a particular order to be able to uh, move forward. And she works as a librarian. And so she has to do shelf reading a lot. Um, so she'll go in and she was like, I'm playing this game to relax. And I get to this part where I have to do what I have to do at my job to be able to move <laughs> forward in this game. I hate this. So I can think of her playing this as well, if I ever could get her into it. And her just being like, no, nope, hard pass. I'm not doing these. Just I'm done. This happened once in a video game. I'm not doing it again. Why did I make me shelf read in video games so much? And, it, and at least... First of all, that's hilarious. But second of all, at least in Dragon Quest Eleven, you don't have to take the books back because in Kingdom Hearts you have to you had to take them back. They're like color coded, so you have to take yeah. the green book and put them back with the other green books. So at least with this one, you just have to find the book and flip through it. And, that's true. And I know, I know from talking with you, you know, I love reading every single book I find in Eleven. Like I like yes. because you can find out some stuff. I know you either skipped it or at least just skimmed it right like you just kind of spam the a button to get through it. no i skim them like oh, okay. i read it but i don't put a lot of attention on it if that makes sense like i'll skim what it says and, and get what it says but it's not something i really commit to memory or pay close attention to i'm like okay this one is dressed in doing this da, 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 da. okay that's cool and move on i don't sit there and like read it like i'm uh pouring over it trying to uh to 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 absorb it and I, and I guess it depends on the book for me. Like my favorite is I think there's four of them scattered around. They don't do anything, but they're talking about the adventures of the great explorer, uh, pseudo Nim. 
Yeah, I love those. Those I love those so much. And following along with those all through it, like those those made me happy through the entire thing. And and then when you find out who pseudonym really is, it's like um it's definitely like an aw moment. It was. It was. That was like it was like, oh, that's cool. I love that. Like that was one of my favorite moments in the game was finding the end of the pseudonym and, chapters. And, and that's one of those things that you can actually get to the end of in act one. Mm-hmm. Because it it's kind of in the first few cities you visit there, uh, going all the way through Act One. So I thought that was kind of neat um, that you do that. But uh, so you mentioned this a minute ago, uh, and it was kind of the next on our list here was Metal Monster Farming, right? Which um, which I gave you some pointers on when you were playing it because yeah. I played it before, um, and you said you did not like my strategy because. It took away some of the fun for you. Right. And it's not that I didn't like it because I used your strategy that we're going to talk about, which is pretty much the accepted strategy uh, for for getting to to level 99 very, very, very quickly in this game. But I like metal monster farming like I like in Dragon Quest 8 being able to spin my camera around and have monsters reset until I find uh until I find the the particular metal monster I want like on Slime Hill and 8 waiting until I find uh, um uh uh king metal slime or doing it in 9 in the crypts finding uh, liquid metal slimes like I just love doing that kind of mindlessly that it's fun I can do it on the side while I'm doing something else and the metal monster farming in 11 because of the systems that were in place there was really no i don't even want to say there was no need to do it otherwise but i felt like if i were to do it the way that uh you do in other dragon quest games without just doing it one by one by one uh leveling it up that uh i would be missing out on the rest of the game like i feel like it was put in there to do it this way because metal monsters were never as easy to find and uh, locate and get the uh get them in normal battle like i could in the others Mm -hmm. and i think uh i know you and i had talked about this not on the show but just like in general where i was talking about that 11 and especially 11 s there's a, a lot of easy buttons implemented in this game so it's like you can kind of do it the old school classic way or you can opt for the easy button way and so so i kind of gave you the easy button way which is so this is one of the times that um that uh i when i played this on ps4 um i uh you know i read i got this idea from a fact partly but there is a there is a um, there, there's a part where you can, there's a pet power. There we go. We're called electrolyte and you use it and there's a high chance that it will turn into metal monsters. And depending on your level, that depends on, that dictates which metal monster spawns. So the higher level you are, the higher level the metal monster. So at first it might just be the regular like metal slimes or in post game, it can be like the vicious metal slimes. As you get up to like, you know, past level 60, 70, whatever, it's like liquid metal slimes. And then as you get closer and closer to 99, the metal king uh, slimes spawn more frequently. I want to say it's level 80 that I noticed the cutoff for, uh, well, not even cutoff, but when it started putting king metal slimes in there, that uh, it was uh, it was either 75 or 80. And I'm almost certain it was 80 for me to get king metal slimes. Gotcha. So. So for me, 
So I, I, you know, I read this fact for the PS4 and kind of used that, made sure I had my party equipped with like liquid metal or even king metal weapons. Um, and then just went from there with 11 S my strategy changed a little bit. And because of Tickington and all that stuff, I didn't really ever have to metal monster hunt. Like by the time I finished all of the Tickington stuff, I was level like 96, I want to say. Yeah. And so I really didn't, I, I used electrolyte like a couple of times to make some metal monsters spawn. And that was it. But the, but the, the strategy after that was kind of one that I'm sure exists online, but I just kind of did myself was that. So to make electrolyte happen, you have to have Eric, Eric, no, not Eric, Silvando, Jade, and the hero in, yes. in Pep. I usually had Eric as my fourth person. And, you know, you can, you can buy Pep Pops for 200,000 gold uh, in cobblestone in the post game once right. you complete the quest where cobblestone gets completed. So if you, if you rebuild cobblestone in the post game, you can buy Pep Pops and they put your whole party into Pep. Super easy. So, and we'll get to gold farming here in a minute too. But with this, I would use Electrolyte. Jade would always be the first one to use a move. So I'd have her cast Electrolyte. The monster, metal monsters would spawn. And then with Eric, he would usually be the second person to go. I would have him use Critical Acclaim. Yeah, that's Critical the- Acclaim is, is necessary. So work up the Guile line of skills so that you can get critical claim because it insta kills a king metal slime before it has a chance to run away it can insta kill any of them mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's like a guaranteed crit hit so yeah, it's a guaranteed crit on one so i actually used it way more than i did like tumorang with uh, different metal weapons yeah same here um i my advice to people too is also to grind to do this it at the heliodor campsite yeah, it was way easier there. I'm really glad you told me about that because you can save and then find a monster right beside it and not feel like you're wasting anything. Because it's not a guarantee that Electrolyte will make metal monsters spawn. It's just they might spawn, and if they don't, it's really easy to just go back to the loading screen and start back up from your save. I've seen. Yeah, I think it's around a 25% chance that you'll get a robot, a killing machine, rather than metal monster. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know what the percentage was. Either way, I've seen... So the recommended way I've seen a lot of people do it online is they want you to go to an area where metal monsters already spawn some of the time in case there's a chance. So the reason I would advise against that is because there's not you're not guaranteed that the metal monsters are going to spawn when you use this pet power. And pet pops aren't exactly the cheapest thing. So, exactly. so the reason I like Heliodor campsite is because the safe point is right there. It's not like running into Mount Huji and hoping the, the metal hand spawn. It's not sitting in like the, the fierce forest or any of Dresden's labyrinth trial areas where metal monsters frequently spawn. Um, it's, it's none of those areas where you can't just save easily if you mess up. And so to mm-hmm. me, it's like Heliodor campsite works great because you just, you run off to the side you whack a hammer hood or a platypunk or whatever's over there. You use electrolyte. If it works, great. If it doesn't, then you can reset. You can also, because it's so convenient there, like there is a couple of times uh, when I played on the PS4, I remember if the King Metal Slimes ran away, I would still reset it. <laughs> it depended entirely on uh, 
my mood at that time. Like I reset it a couple of times, but there were some where I just got lucky on uh, the way that the turns had come out with different uh, characters where I'd already killed like three liquid metals somehow. And I was like, I'm just going to take this because I've already used Hallelujah and it ran away before I could get back to Eric or whatever. And I was like, okay. Which brings us to the second thing. There's a pet power called Hallelujah, which is the hero Eric and Jade. So you can move people in and out of the party uh, as you, you do it. But Hallelujah makes all of your experience double for the uh, for that particular battle, as well as guarantees rare drops from those monsters. So using it and killing king slimes and vicious metal slimes and all of this, you can get a pet pip from it, as well as doubling your experience. So you're earning back a little bit of the pep to be able to uh, continue a little bit longer without having to go back and, and farm even more pep pops. Yeah, and and I used that strategy with the PS4 because it's what the fact I'd read at the time said. And right. then after doing it and then playing it on the Switch, I never used Hallelujah because it was just like, it took too long. It used up more pet pops that way. And it was really just easier to use a pet pop, have Silvando, Hero, and Jade use Electrolyte and then like kill everything rather right. than worry about doubling it and getting the pet pips. So I never used Hallelujah on the Switch version. And I thought that I, I preferred that way personally, um, just because it saved on pet pops. It saved on time. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, I like to the non-hallelujah method better? I did it halfsies, really. It depended on what I had and how I distributed my pet pops. So I I used the same setup that you did with uh, Hero, Silvando, Jade, and Eric and used a pet pop to get them all up. Um, I also would actually, no, I take that back. I started with Hero, Silvando, Jade, and Rab because I would pep Rab up. His dirge of Dundrasil would put metal monsters to sleep. Uh -huh. So I would sleep the liquid metal stuff and the metal king slime, switch him out for Eric then, and then start doing it because Eric, uh, and then use another pep pop if I needed to uh, get a hallelujah. So I could pretty much guarantee getting them uh, like that and be able to every three battles basically earn myself another pet pop through the uh, hallelujah. Gotcha. Pet pip. Pet pip. Yeah. Well, no, earn. I would earn like three or four pet pop pet pips, yeah. which were the equivalent of pet a pet pop. pop. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. That, try saying that 50 times fast. And Eric, Eric is one of those characters that I rarely used throughout the game once other characters became available. But in the post game, he's like the real MVP. Like he is. Eric made so much of a difference in most of the post game for me that it was surprising. And it wasn't even that I read anything about him. It was just that I kept getting items that would go on Eric or I would see something and it would uh, be really, really uh, nice to be on Eric or it didn't go on anybody else really well. And then I would be like, oh, I wonder what happens if I steal from this guy. And then I realized how much I stole from people and how much fun it was to steal from people and uh, kept him in my party pretty much because after I got critical claim. Uh, he did a lot of damage too. And yeah. And so, so talking about Eric and this is kind of where the conversation is going is gold farming. You know, uh, Todd asked me on Twitter uh, about good ways to get gold. 
And my recommendation for him was uh, killing or stealing from Hooper Dupers in the first forest whale way station uh, yes. because you get devilry drinkers, which is something that I had read about when I played the PS4. Uh, since playing the Switch version, I've also discovered they're right outside of Hado, out on the Hado step. Oh, are they? Yep. And um, and it's really a preference. I always went to the to the Hado step. I, well, I, I would zoom to Hado and then go outside because it was a lot easier than you know flying on a whale for a while and stuff. Um, and there were save points. There's only only one like per battle will spawn. There's like four or five in that area. You steal them. Um, and you get devilry drinkers. These shields they sell for thirty thousand gold. Yep. There's also in the post game you can get an item called the Pirate King's Pendant from talking to Eric's sister in the post game. Equip that with Eric uh, because then uh, it increases the chances of getting a drop and a rare drop from the, uh... the enemies. So a lot of times I would be outside of Hado there. I would steal a devilry drinker, and then at the end of the battle another devilry drinker would drop. So I would get 60,000 gold worth of items in one little fight. And then you would have like four or five before you had to worry about them respawning. So it was a really quick, fast way to get gold. And then I would zoom over to cobblestone. I would sell all the devilry, devilry drinkers and then spend the 200,000 gold on the pet pops. Um, when I was working on that, I went to the railway station and, uh, did it and I would get like three Hooper dupers in a battle. And so I would just steal all through it. So I would get the uh, 60 to 90 K per battle that way. And I hadn't done the quest at that point to get the, the necklace. So I was just going off of stealing. It took maybe 45 minutes to get a million gold an hour, perhaps to get up to a million. And I think I only used uh, from what I had in my bag, I want to say I used five or six pep pops total because I started farming at started farming the metal slimes at like 72 ish. Mm -hmm. And uh, it I was out of them by the time I hit 99 on everybody. And it really was like five or six battles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I would recommend doing Hado if you're under level because there's only one Hooper Duper per battle. Because they can bedazzle your party if you're not careful. Yeah. And so they can really mess you up in the first forest. If you have three of them plus some of the other enemies that spawn there, they can really like inflict some status ailments on you. So if you're a little underleveled or you seem to be having trouble or, you, or, or dying even a lot there, uh, then, you know, go over to Hado, just go right outside the city. You'll see a bunch there. And, you know, it's only one, so it's much easier to take on one of those things if you're having trouble fighting three at one time. Yeah, the three I learned uh, to keep Jade in my party, I would leg sweep one, and then I would have Hero cast Casnooze, and generally that would keep all but one or all of them either asleep or knocked down, mm -hmm. and I didn't have to worry about that because I ran into that problem, too, that even at 72, I uh, alt- I actually may have gotten one entire party killed and had to, uh, I think Silvando was the last one living uh, throughout it all because of the uh, dancing and bedazzling they do. Gotcha. Um, the other thing, the other thing Eric can steal, this one I totally discovered all on my own when I was playing the PS4, is that in the post game, you can actually steal mini medals from enemies. 
which makes mini metal farming super easy in the post game. Um, with the switch, I couldn't remember the exact, I remembered the enemies. They look like the casino slots, you know? Yeah. They're called different things. There's, there's quite a few different like subspecies of them, but from playing the switch version, they're actually, they're the, the ones that I got them from are the vicious penny pinchers. Um, right. sh- okay. they show up in the cruel crypt, which is the, in Dresden's labyrinth. I think it's the disciples trial. I think it's the very first area it's the gold area right no it's the part where the floor drops out from under you oh okay okay okay. and in the bigger area of the basement there there's a whole bunch of those casino machines and some of them really drop casino tokens and some don't but there's also some penny pinchers just floating around there and so if you fight the vicious penny pinchers so the first time i I went through dresden's labyrinth I, i sat there with eric and just stole mini medals from them until I got enough to complete all of the uh, the the medallion stamp book, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is 110 is I think how many you need to complete that. And then you can really just keep stealing them. And if you keep bringing them back to the guy, the headmaster there at the school, uh, you can trade them in for different items, including serpent souls, which you th- uh. can, can then take to Crystalinda and Sniffleheim and trade for like um, Crimsonite and things like that the black tears. Um, right. So you can, you can trade them for that if you want. Uh, I, I didn't do that because I thought there was a much easier way to get serpent souls in the game. There is. Um, which is again, while we're on the subject of how awesome Eric is, you have Eric steal serpent souls from various enemies in the game. And if you have the pirate Kings pendant equipped, you can usually get two of them. And they're very easy to find uh, on Royal Reptiles in Battleground. Uh, Fly there, go down a few levels, find the Royal Reptiles, I think is what they're called. Um, And then you can steal one almost every battle. So I just did that. I ran in circles. Sometimes I wasn't even looking at the screen. I just had my sticks uh, where I would run in circles. I would attack, I would steal, and then uh, do whatever I was doing until I had tons of serpent souls stolen uh, like that, where there was one place where like two would spawn in a room along with something else that uh, would sometimes have them in the battle with them. So I just stole tons of them uh, on like one of the mid tiers of uh, Battleground when I went to get the uh, Oricalcum. Oracalcum, however it said, uh, to get the rarefied one again. So I actually didn't know about that one. The the places I always went is there's there's Prusla's, I guess is how you pronounce it. They're the big purple dragons with clubs. Okay. They hang out over there in the Galapagos Galapagos sands. Yeah. The uh, like in the northern part where you had that boss fight in Act One against the scorpion thing with Prince Ferris. Yep. They're in that area, and you can steal them there. You can also steal them from the uh, malicious black dragons in the post game. You just go north on your way to Heliodor from the Heliodor campsite, and there's black dragons all over the place. Yeah. And you can steal them from there as well. Okay. I never stole any from uh, from either of those. I remember Crystalinda saying to go to the Celestial Sands to do it, but I was already like, well, I've already stolen a bunch of these from uh, from the battleground, so I'm just going to go there again, lady. And, uh, but that was where I went and did it. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, so I guess all of this is to say Eric is awesome and he's really integral if you want to farm gold, uh, metal monsters, mini metals, 
serpent souls, uh, you know, which the serpent souls, you know, you trade them for, especially Crimsonite seems to be used in like pretty much mm-hmm. every big in game, like weapon, but especially armor piece. Uh, Along with Kaleidocloth. Kaleidocloth is used in a lot of them too, yeah. So I use those were the main ones that I gathered them for was Kaleidocloth and uh, Crimsonite, uh, just stealing Serpent Souls. Like Eric became probably, like you said, the MVP of the game at that point just because of how uh, how important stealing was. And I'd found like a Hellsaber in in one of the Drustin's trials and between that and something else that I'd found, he did lots of damage dual wielding. And you can also, I'm going off script here, but just talking about Eric, you maybe think, uh, you know, if you, and if you have that pirate King's pendant equipped too, if you go to Dundrasil when it's raining and you can talk to the cow right by the campsite, it's convenient. The cow's right there and it'll tell you when it's going to rain. So you can just rest at the campsite till like noon the next day or whatever, if you need to. But if you wait till it rains, and then you head south from the campsite there past the like ruined farmhouses and stuff. There's these enemies that jump out. They're like golden statues. They're called malicious great keepers. Okay. I haven't found those. No. And they drop skill seeds and uh... you can get skill seeds from them. Um, and so that's what I used to max out the skills for all my characters. You get, you get accolades for doing it, which is why I did it. Um, because I mean, Rab never once used claws, so I didn't really need to fill in all the claw skills for him because I was never going to yep. use those skills. But never equipped a claw. But I wanted the I wanted the uh, accolade. So you can you, you get pretty close if you level to ninety nine. You get pretty close with finishing uh, characters' skill trees, but most of them you can't complete. Uh, and you get a lot of skill seeds from doing side quests and other things, especially in the post game. But if you need yep. some extra skill seeds. Uh, that's the a convenient place I've found just totally by accident. I'm trying to complete the bestiary, which anybody who knows me on Twitter knows I'm doing that because I've been talking about it a lot. But I'm trying to complete the bestiary and I didn't have a malicious great keeper yet uh, because I was missing a bunch that spawned in the rain. Um, right. And so I, was, I, so I waited for it to rain and was wandering around and those popped up and it dropped a skill seed. And I was like, idea, light bulb. And so I Googled it just to make sure I wouldn't waste my time. And yeah, it drops um, skill seeds. And, um, you know, I guess I could have just pulled it up on my the, the enemy info too, because it'll tell you what they drop. But um, I'm just now thinking about that. But in my mind, I Googled it to double check because I was like, oh man, it dropped a skill seed. But like, is that yeah. is that a fluke or can I really like farm them from these things? And you can. So, uh, so I would like, recommend uh doing that too if you want skill seeds now i know uh i know we have some different like tips and tricks related to mini games too uh this first half of the show we were really talking about eric and farming stuff a lot uh so before we get into all the mini games uh why don't we go ahead and have that segment that we like to call shameless self-promotion shameless 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 right that was kind of. It was an echo. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I didn't. I didn't hate it. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it wasn't. Wasn't too bad. So uh, that's that's all I can go for. So, like we mentioned earlier, this is a special request episode uh, from one of our Patreon patrons. And if you're not a Patreon patron, uh, you could be. And I'll let BJ tell you guys about our Patreon. 
You can go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm and sign up. You can get a uh, custom Discord role of Erdrick's Long Lost Cousin on our geek to geek Media Discord server and hang out with us. You can uh, pledge at a tier so that you can get your own topic uh, talked about on here. Just tell us what you want and we will do our very best at it. Um, you can uh, even straight up buy an ad for whatever that you want to do. So uh, go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm as well as getting your own sticker so you can sign up for that too yeah and then for our community spotlight this week uh, i just wanted to talk about uh these stickers uh there you can go to luminary.com we've got the uh we're gonna put the link in the show notes that is l-u-m-i-n-a-e-r-y.com uh sydney is selling dragon quest stickers now there's some pretty cool ones uh lot there's uh erdrick there's like three of Erdrick. I bought the one that has the slime in it. He's like running with his sword up and there's a little slime because I thought that was cool. There's also a pretty like uh, sassy one of Erdwin just kind of leaning against his sword. Uh, that one's from, you know, Dragon Quest Eleven, obviously. And Sydney was nice enough to send me an Erdwin one uh, for free along with the Erdrick and slime sticker that I bought because uh, she had just uh, heard me mention that I like the Erdwin a lot too. Uh, so that was really nice of her uh, to send me that one as well uh but the stickers they look really cool i'm a huge fan um so be sure to check that out they're only like 399 uh, and it's free shipping yeah they're they're totally pretty i've been it's one of those where i want them and just haven't ordered them yet like i, I wish i was talented enough to do dragon quest art um and sydney i think is only like 16 or 17 and i wish i was that talented when i was that young i wish i was that talented now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. take that back. That's what I was about to say. I don't wish I was da- that talented then. I wish I was that talented, period. And uh, so, like, they're they're great. So, so absolutely check those I, out. I also found out from her mailing these to me, she lives in Florida. So between her, Platty, uh, you know, the co-host of Slime Time, uh, Geekdom, you know, Geekdom 101, and myself, mm-hmm. uh, we could totally make Florida, like, a Dragon Quest hub in the States. <laughs> absolutely do it like like we, we need to that. just put our brains together along with any of the other floridian uh dragon quest lovers and just turn florida into like dragon quest state sunshine state yeah, no it. it's a dragon quest state now set up uh dragon quest meetups for everybody yeah it'd be really cool right there's just i've just been um i guess i notice it more because i live in florida myself so i've just like whenever i see other people in the community that they're from Florida. I'm like, man, there's so many, just seems like there's a lot from Florida. And it's probably just because I noticed the Florida ones because I live here myself. <laughs> probably so, but I don't really remember any in Alabama. So, well, yeah, that, that is true. I guess uh, y- you're the only person I, I know from online or personally. Um, so yeah, maybe so you, maybe you're the one dragon quest fan in Alabama. <laughs> maybe so. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on. You to should, that. you should make a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama's number one Dragon Quest. <laughs> That's right. uh, so getting back to the episode, uh, now we've got some tips and tricks from Dragon Quest Eleven S that relate to various mini games. The first one I want to talk about is horse racing because I thought it was easy and BJ had such a hard time with it and was raging. Like, I wish you guys could have seen the text he was sending me. He was like raging because he couldn't get the, uh, what is it? The forging the hammer. Forging hammer. And the post game, yep. the post game forging hammer from doing the horse racing uh, in uh, Galapolis. 
I was so mad that I knew, like, I'd had no trouble with the horse racing in the main game. I'd had no trouble with the horse racing up to that point, like, super easy. I was uh, just going about my morning before work, playing it, trying to trying to get my sword light. And then all of a sudden there was a brick wall in front of me. And I actually thought you had to have the Supreme Sword of Light to beat the game, which you told me you don't, that it just makes it a little bit easier to beat the real final boss. And uh, so I was under the impression that this mini game was blocking me from finishing the main story, which is one of my pet peeves about RPGs in general is making me play a stupid mini game (laughs) to be able to move forward with the actual fun of the game. And then I played this a dozen times and could not get first. Like it just would not work for me to uh, do. And I was like not hitting any walls. I was uh, hitting all of the jumps and keeping my dash up as much as I could on the horse. And I was still running out and nowhere near catching the first place. And so I just started rage texting you at this point. Like, and you're like, I don't know, dude, maybe you suck. (laughs) It's like, it was easy. Actually, you didn't say that. You're like, I don't know what to tell you. It was really easy for me. Uh, are you doing this? I'm like, yes, of course I'm doing this. What do you take me for? And uh, it's like, of course I'm not hitting a wall and complaining about it. It's like, no, I'm doing everything. You were having trouble though. So That's the thing. It was baffling to me. I wasn't even trying to be mean, but I was like super confused because in my opinion, the horse racing in like the um, the mini games and that are in Dragon Quest already, especially and the horse racing was like the easiest racing I've ever seen in an RPG. And so, yeah. And so I had no trouble. So when you were like texting me this, I was like, oh man. And, um, and so you were like, yeah, you were like, oh, but I need it for the Supreme sort of light. I hate it because I hate when, when they lock out stories like this. And I was like, well, first of all, it doesn't lock out the story. It's still just a mini game. You don't have to do this to, to like beat the, the final real boss Colasmos or anything like that. Um, because you, you, the super sort of light is what you have to use as the item to like make his like armor fall off or whatever if you want that fight mm-hmm. easier. But the supreme sort of light is like, you know, you get a special accolade for it. It's supposed to be like the best, you know, one handed sword in the game, all that good stuff. So it is good to have it. Um, and so you're telling me about that. And like earlier in the episode, I said that 11S kind of gives you an easy button. Uh, and the easy button that was included for horse racing is you get, you can get the golden reins, uh, which, which I did not know about these. Let me say that I had no idea that these were either included in this one. Were they in the old one? I, I don't think so. The only reason I found out about them is because you know how it tells you like on load screen, it'll tell you things that exist within the world. When yeah. it was loading one of the times it talked about golden reins and it was like, anyone who has these can win a race. And I was like, Huh, never heard of that. Well, in the post game, when I was just walking, I was walking back over there to get the forging hammer because I'd already done the other races leading up to that, including the difficult ones. And this isn't, this is like an easy race. Uh, There's like two categories. There's easy and difficult. And I had done all of those, but I was walking around, there's NPCs and I just by chance happened to talk to one of the NPCs near there. And he's like, Hey, want to buy these golden reins for 10,000 gold? And I was like, sure. And then I experimented with them. And what they do is they, they basically your, your like speed bar never drains. So you can always dash. Yep. Um, and I do not remember that in the PS4 version at all. I'm almost positive. I haven't looked, I didn't look it up before we recorded this, but I don't think, I think it's new to the, to the Switch version up to 11S because I, 
do not remember that in the PS4 version at all. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to that point in the PS4 version, uh, well, the Steam version, the PC version. And uh, I got to say, like, make sure you guys talk to the to the NPC beside the horse racing NPC. Uh, like, you'll sign up in the booth. There's an NPC, like, directly beside it who will give you these golden reins for 10K. And it is well worth it because, like, immediately after getting it, I won it with no problem at all. And uh, even did the hardest one, the black cup with or black race or black tier, whatever it's called, where it's all dark and you can't really see. No problem. First try uh, because of having the golden reins. And uh, I am not ashamed of using it because it made me so angry that uh, that like I don't rage about stuff like I get upset and irritated and mad and think it's stupid. But I don't like full on uh, rage and get mad. But I was truly angry about this that morning and uh i'm i'm glad to know that the golden reins exist so, to so i looked that. it up and the gold the gold reins are uh new to 11s according to the okay. internet so um so that is a new thing uh and number two is i still don't know why you had so much trouble like it still baffles me and i i i i, I don't know man like it's it's what I like to call bad game design. Uh, not that I'm a bad player. The game is wrong. But I don't. The thing is, is I don't know. Like you are the first person that I that I've heard like say that the horse racing was hard to get to the forging hammer. Yeah, I don't know. It's like the difficulty ramped up because it was the fourth race that you get the forging hammer yeah, from. It's like the platinum cup, right? Yeah. And uh, it was uh, it was not cool. Not cool at all. I don't know, man. Uh, so anyway, but, so if you had trouble with horse racing, let us know, because right now we think it is exclusive to BJ. <laughs> yes. And, so, uh, so let us know if you had trouble with it, too. Uh, because Please make me feel better so that Austin stops making fun of me. And uh, I'm not trying to make fun of you. It's just that like <laughs> it really did when you were texting me like uh, like last week or whenever when you were doing this. It really did catch me off guard because I always... I even did a, so on my blog, you know, I even did a post about the mini games in Dragon Quest 11s. I did a new one this past week because I started right. rewriting the blog, but, um, but I did it earlier when I was playing the PS4 version. And I even said way back then in like January that I really appreciated how easy the horse racing was and like the mini games and stuff. And so right. I totally didn't know, like, I really thought it was like a gimme kind of thing where it was like you want the forging hammer you just have to do this but it's it's like you got to do it it's not really like it's a it's a thing you have to work at right. and so kind of like the you know the chocobo racing in like seven or even in 15 gets really hard i thought like i had trouble with some of that but oh yeah that's what i was thinking i was like that was that was uh easier than this race though for me, like I was able to do the Chocobo racing easier than I was this particular tier. Yeah. So Golden Reigns uh, can help you with that. 10,000 yes. gold. Uh, BJ will will confirm it is well worth the price. Um, yep. And, you know, your dash bar never goes down. And so, you know, it's there to just help you blow through it. And I guess so from Googling this just now, you are not the only person because according to this that I that I just read, you the golden reins are included because some people complained that the horse racing was too hard to get the forging hammer. Yes. Because it's stupid. It's stupid. hard. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe it's like, uh, your, uh, your reflexes are dying on you now that you've like, now that you're nearing 40, 
It's true. It's uh, yours will be that way too. Now that you're in your thirties, oh. like your body starts deteriorating. Oh yeah. I can feel my body dying as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> all right. <laughs> too sad. Let's go back. Yeah. Um, Let's move forward. <laughs> so uh, the, the other one is the wheel of Harma. The right. other uh, big mini game. This one is not a gimme. This one is arguably the like the challenging part of this game. Like for me, this is where uh, a lot of the game's biggest challenges are. It's it was it's within the wheel of Harma, and beating each round. There's I want to say there's five. There might be six, counting the secret trial. But um, they're uh, they're not necessarily hard to get through the trial. The real challenge comes within having to beat them within a certain number of rounds. Right. And so if you want some of the better items, the you know, especially the like recipe books that give you some of the really big items, some cool uh, outfits, costumes for your characters, you're going to yeah. have to do the Wheel of Harma and you're going to have to do it within a certain amount of rounds. And I forgot these existed. That when you were mentioning stuff, like I was going through listing off and trying to take uh, take inventory of what I needed to do in the game still, uh-huh. I had completely forgotten the Wheel of Harma existed. So these are going to help me because I haven't gone back to do them uh, since I, uh, I'd i completed the game and finished up the stuff that I wanted to do initially. And so it was really, uh, really fun for me to see. Like there's another challenge mode like this for me to try. So the Wheel of Harma, I would say is uh, the first, I would recommend waiting until you're pretty high level, right? I mean, I would just, I would say, you know, level 99, it's going to make it a lot easier because you're, you're maxed out. Right. Um, but, uh, but really there's not any tips or even tricks I can give you for this. I would just recommend doing the fights and not worrying about the, the, the time limit, the number of rounds you have to get it in. Just, yeah. just do it and see the enemies. Um, and you know, just kind of think the one that I had, that I hear that I hear people having the most trouble with is there's one I believe it's in not in the secret trial but what is seen as like the final trial or something like that. Um, but uh, there is a round where it's a bunch of metal the metal hands which can like cast thwack on you and stuff, and yeah. and they're metal monsters so they're hard. So I, I would recommend uh, I always recommend Eric and Hendrik for that and have them equipped with the metal king weapons. I, I usually have Hendrik with the Metal King Greatsword. I have Eric with the Metal King Boomerang and then another uh, Liquid Metal Boomerang or some other Boomerang too. Uh, and right. then, uh, you know, getting through that. That's the one that I had the that I first had trouble with when I played it on PS4 uh, was that one. And then, uh, you know, after kind of experimenting around, that was the one that I, that, uh, that I thought worked really well for that duo um, for the, the secret trial. I still haven't finished it because I finished it. Sorry. I finished it. You have to, um, you have to get it within like 50 rounds, I think for the best prize. And I okay. did it in 51, Aww. 51. And so then it was my turn to nerd rage. You're a nerd raging about horse racing. And I was like 51. Um, Just, just true anger. Yeah, because, and it, I wasn't even angry. It was just, it was late at night. And I was just like, you know what? I don't feel like doing this again. And the secret trial yep. is, 
is annoying because uh, that's the one where Master Pang summons, uh, keeps summoning more enemies to come oh, back. Okay. And so it's like you have to kill them, try to kill them all together to keep her from summoning more each round. So you have to kind of, so you kind of have to oh. carefully, um, you know, time your attack so that you get everybody down into the red and then yeah. kill them. There's usually, there's main monsters. And then every time it's her turn, she'll call in backup, but she won't call in more backup. If all those monsters are left standing, she like, there's a, there's a set number. So like some of them, like one of the rounds, she'll call in like four monsters for backup. And then the next round she'll call in four more. But then after there's like eight or so, uh, backup monsters, like she'll stop. So it's not like she's constantly calling in more backup monsters if you don't kill them fast enough. And so I yeah. just usually wait for her to summon all the ones she's going to summon and then just try to take them all out. Um, in, in 11S, Veronica has Magic Burst, um, which drains all of her MP, but works super well for these kind of fights because I, I always put her in whichever fight I'm having the hardest time on in Wheel of Harma. I'll put Veronica in it and have her cast magic burst and it like almost always insta kills whatever monsters you're fighting. <laughs> which makes which is a really good thing. Like you were talking about easy buttons being put in. She didn't have this in the other versions. Yeah, there was Mighty Magic Burst, which was a pet power between her and Serena. That's still in it's still in eleven S, but that was how you did a magic burst move. It was Mighty Magic Burst. Um and yeah. It drains both of their MP. So it's like, I mean, you know, you can use it, but it's like you have to go the headache of pepping them up and then, you know, both their MP is drained. So in the off chance that it doesn't kill whatever you're trying to kill, both of your casters have no MP anymore. And so you're kind of screwed there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of my, my pointer, I guess. My tip is that, if you're having trouble with one of the rounds, put Veronica in it and have her use magic burst. And more than likely she will kill everything. Um, I, I even haven't uh, put a lot of the, the magic seeds. I haven't even given her a lot of magic seeds because I don't use Veronica very much. Um, so I yeah. gave most of my magic seeds to Rab and Serena because I use both of them way more. So her, so her MP isn't even as high as it could be. And at level 99, she's causing like, just under like between two and three thousand damage per enemy um okay. is generally what i got with magic burst uh so uh so yeah i mean i i think it works i think it's a good strategy to have it it's always seems to have worked uh for me so uh next mini game is one that you and i have both done quite a bit that is the casino that i know we wanted to talk about for a minute right you haven't gotten the jackpot on the casino, but you did play the casino a bunch because you got the the saber cat mount. Yep, I uh, I did that with playing roulette. I got a decent payout on the uh, like one hundred coin slot. Uh, went up to the roulette with like forty or fifty k tokens, and uh, then played my hand at putting around. Four to nine hundred, four to eight hundred to a thousand on every single piece of like I would pick a number and then put surrounding bids of the same amount like on every piece touching it and then just roll the uh, 
like like spin the roulette wheel and uh, i would do that until either i won absolutely hugely which got me the the mount uh, the saber cat mount or i would lose all of my money and then i would just close the app and reopen it on the switch because it auto saves as you walk into the uh roulette room it does yeah which you can totally use to your advantage i use i used it to my advantage quite a bit on ps4 um but uh but on switch i i didn't use it very much because i i used the same strategy i did for uh for the ps4 and i've read lots i've seen at least people on like forums videos different things like guarantee that there's numbers that get hit more than others and i have no, i have not found that to be the case <laughs> me either and like it feels like it's random it feels like it's roulette it feels like the slots are a little bit more uh more weighted to success than the roulette but i don't know i enjoy the roulette way more than i enjoy the slots i think i think all of the i think all of the casino games are more in your favor than they are in most jrpgs true um and I, so my advice for hitting the jackpot is I, I waited with the switch because I knew this was coming. So I waited till the post game to try to get any big items from the casino because yeah. there's a quest that the guy gives you where you have to hit a jackpot on the roulette wheel. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to do all the quests. And so I, I had this quest going on the PS4 as well to complete it. But so I waited on the switch till I got to the post game just so I could, you know, kill two birds with one stone here. And I got that quest. There's a bunny girl you can talk to who will tell you if she thinks the jackpot is going to be hit that day. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, and if she doesn't, then you just, you go and sleep. You can zoom right out of the top of the roulette wheel and go sleep mm-hmm. somewhere for free and then come back the next day. And eventually she'll tell you that, uh, like she's feeling lucky or like she says something like, Ooh, I feel like someone's going to hit the jackpot today. Something along those lines. And so that means your chances of winning are increased. I did not know that. I've never heard that anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. So what I would do is I would wait for her to say that. I would go to the the big roulette wheel. I would take advantage of the autosave that you mentioned earlier. And I would, um, I would just kind of, you know, use some luck. So in my, in my experience, because I've heard people say, that it hits 23 a lot, which okay. I, which I've not found to be the case. I've heard people say it hits 14 and 12 a lot, which again, I, I guess some people have had luck with that, but for me, it seemed random. Um, and, uh, it, anyway, I did win on the switch though. I did win with a 12. Hmm. It's what I won with. Um, just having, you know, one on the 12, generally what I would do, and this is kind of like a cheat, I guess, if you want to, if you want to win the jackpot easily and you want to finish the quest, you don't win as much gold. But if you put the max amount of chips on black and then put the max amount of chips on red, where it's just the 50 50 shot of winning. Yep. And then let it spin. The chances of it getting on that treasure chest are very slim. So, yeah. so it probably won't happen. And if it does, you can just go to the autosave feature like we talked about. But, um, but you can put it on there. And because then you have a hundred percent chance of winning, right? <laughs> you don't lose, yeah. you don't lose money any time at all because you always win. 
because it's always going to be on red. Yeah, because or you're black. doubling up and it's uh, two to one. Yeah, and so uh, so it can, you know, you can get a jackpot that way, and um, so that's that's one way you can do it. Talk to the bunny girl, make sure she's got a jackpot. You can do it that way, or you can just play it. I experimented, so I just want to share this story. I tried this and it did not work. <laughs> I I was convinced that it's preset. So like when you go in and you know auto saves and you go up to the roulette wheel, right? If you leave and go back down to Octagonia, the the other area of the casino, and then back up, mm -hmm. the the last like ten numbers or whatever that it shows you changes every time. So, so it resets, right? Oh. But I was convinced that if you walk in and it auto saves, you play a number and then like you say it lands on like 16 and then that would have been the jackpot, but you didn't put money on 16. Right. I thought, hmm, maybe if I reboot the game and put it on 16 and then it'll spin, I'll get a jackpot. Right. Which makes sense, right? But it doesn't, that does not work. I tried. <laughs> okay. Well, good to know. Um. So I, I, I don't know, maybe spent more time than was necessary experimenting with this. Um, but I did eventually get a jackpot. Um, and, uh, it was partially luck, partially looking at the numbers that were being called out. Um, and I have noticed, uh, if you miss a jackpot, like, like this last time on Switch, I missed the jackpot because it landed on 12. Uh, okay. Which is one of the numbers they say that it lands on more often. So maybe there is some truth to that. I don't know. But it landed on 12. So the next time it got a jackpot, it also landed on 12. Huh. So part of me thinks that, that, I mean, I reset it. And so it wasn't like, so it wasn't like back to back, but it does make yeah. me wonder if there's some kind of like system put in where like it, where it tries to, in order to help you out, like it tries to pick like the same number a couple of mm. different times to help you get a jackpot faster. Yeah, I'll definitely go try that and see what happens uh, and see what number I end up getting a jackpot on when I do. Yeah, and this was this was with the big spender roulette. I always played that one, not the little, the smaller side ones. Which one is big spender? Because I actually it's, only ever went to the, the one in the middle. It's the it's the big one in the middle. There's a, okay. There's, there's an NPC there that gives you the quest. He's playing at the roulette table. It's, yeah. it's like, I think it's a hundred tokens a bid. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I play. I didn't actually realize there was anything else. Yeah. There's some that are, that are like 10, I think. And some that are, that are, maybe it's like 10, one and 10. And then there's a hundred is the big one. Anyway, there's like three different levels of it. That you can okay. See, I've never explored the room. I just went to the one in the middle and uh, played it. So that's why I was like going in with like 40 to 60 K, uh, tokens in and just dropping them until I ran out because I, would burn through them with like 10,000 a, uh, uh, an attempt like running around the circle of a number. Oh, I got you. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, those were kind of the, uh, tips and tricks we have for some mini games and for some, uh, just farming in general and different ways to kind of make the game easier on you. You guys might've known all of these already, but, uh, you know, uh, th this is what worked for me or BJ. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think there's, I, I definitely think there's probably some other ways out there that we just don't know about yet. Uh, but these are the ones I knew of and the ones that I use personally that I kind of give my like Austin signature on. 
Yeah, and there are there are probably people out there who are listening, like the Golden Reigns or whatever, and rolling their eyes. And it's like, I didn't know about that. I raged because I didn't know about that. So hopefully somebody else who didn't know about any of these, Todd especially, uh, will hopefully know about uh, getting the, uh, the, the Golden Reigns or how to farm mini metals or serpent souls. And uh, like for me, it was until you had told Todd about the the shield thing. I wasn't aware of that either. It made my life a lot better just kind of seeing that uh, when you were talking about it. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, I'm glad I could be helpful. Uh, Remember, you guys can talk to us directly on Twitter at Dragon Quest FM. You can also talk to me personally at underscore Austin underscore King. Uh, I've also brought back. Austin's Dragon Quest Quests, my weekly Dragon Quest blog. I took like a two-month hiatus uh, from that after beating all the Dragon Quest games in a single year. Uh, but now I'm back. Uh, my first post was about uh, mini games in Dragon Quest XI, which I know we've talked, <laughs> which I know we've talked about a little here. But I talk about some other ones too that we didn't get to in this episode. Um, I also wrote a post up this morning because I beat the super boss the real super boss super boss at the very very end of dragon quest 11s it's a brand new one new to the switch version it hasn't been in the 3ds version it's not it's not Kalasmos, the true final boss that's at the end there that we've mentioned i know um it is a true true final super boss it doesn't really add anything to the story i don't even think it was worth it but there's a po- <laughs> there's a post up there where i just wrote about how I beat it and the equipment I used, the strategies I used, things like that. Uh, because I haven't seen a lot of people uh, posting stuff about how to beat it yet because it's a fairly yep. new game. It's, it occurs at the very end of the game. I mean, you have to do everything. You have to, you have to have beaten the true final boss at the end of Act 3. You have to have beaten all the Tickington side quests and super bosses there. And then you get to this one. So it's like you have to do everything to get to it. So I think it's just... There hasn't been a lot out yet because people haven't gotten there. And uh, some people have already gotten back to me and told me their own strategies because I asked people to, t- to share with me their strategies for it. Because, you know, I'm not saying mine was the best one. I just wanted to share what I did to make it work. And so right. other people were sharing with me what they did to make it work. And it's one of those where this one is a true super boss. Like you sent me so many messages that you were just done, that it wasn't worth it. And then I would get another and be like, okay, it beat me this way now. And uh, you would see me again. It's like, I think I'm done. This isn't worth it. And then I finally got the accolade uh, screenshot that you sent me. You're like, I beat it. Just not fast enough. Yeah, because you do. I guess you get one. You get there's two. Actually, I found out since I sent you that one is, I guess, if you beat it within you you get one for just beating it you get one for beating it within like a certain amount and then there's even one like red accolade you know that they reserve for like the biggest accolades in the game mm-hmm. the red if you beat it in less than 50 turns oh man um so i gotta get me that 51 i not really i don't think i'm ever gonna fight the boss again <laughs> I, I beat it. it it wasn't really worth it and but i can say i beat it and so now i think i'm done like i don't think i need that other accolade to make myself feel good or anything i think i'm content right now we'll see yeah we'll see (laughs) all right anything else well i guess you need Um, to tell them how to talk to you 
It's true. You can find me on Twitter at, at Professor Beej. You can listen to my other podcast, the Geek to Geek podcast, at uh, geektogeekmedia.com. And you can join us on Slack and on Discord. And you can hang out and check out all of the other really cool podcasts and blogs that are uh, on that are part of the network. So thank you guys, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye bye. Bye everybody.